Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. You know, I've seen some weird defenses of fiducia supplicants, but today's, the one I'm bringing you now, really takes the cake. This is a really dumb defense you're about to hear. We've seen some people say that the blessings in question offered by that evil document offers blessings not for the union, but for the persons of the couple. And even the couple itself, but not the union that makes them a couple. As if you could have a couple without that which, by definition, makes them a couple. I've seen others tell us with a straight face that the document clearly doesn't change the teachings of the church on the moral question at hand. So it's okay, despite the fact that it does change the practice of what the church actually teaches. And it puts that practice into direct contradiction with what the church has always taught. And that, ignoring the basic fact of life that if we persist in acting differently from what we profess to believe, we pretty much start believing what we practice anyway. It's one of the great dangers of persisting in sin that people don't often talk about. You go too long without confession, and you may never return to the confessional again, simply because you will start believing that what you're doing is okay. That's not even just talking about the sin at hand. It's any sin you find yourself mired in. You spend too long away from the confessional, you may convince yourself that it's okay, that the church is either wrong or that modern interpretations of church teaching are wrong, or that because whatever sin you're mired in is some kind of a habit, since it's sending you to the confessional over and over again, that it's okay because you're resisting it. You see where that leads people. But today's defense for fiducia supplicans is possibly the dumbest I've ever seen. So let's go right to it. Headline from Religion News. Capitalizing on his teachings on activities suitable to the married state, Pope Francis's critics shame themselves. Jesus didn't spend his time obsessing over people's parts of their lives that are in question here. And sort of headline quote. I'm going to ask you a very basic question of life. Do you feel shame for resisting fiducia supplicants? I don't. If anything, the danger we have in resisting this uh, is maybe feeling prideful, which is a sin, and we shouldn't do that. Okay. Instead, this episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. There's no shame in defending this. And I don't think anyone has shamed themselves either for logically defending the church's teaching on matters of the flesh and the family, since the two are inseparably linked together. You cannot separate the church's teachings on matters suitable to the married state or the parody of that and name specifically the sin that cries out to heaven for justice that that document is focused on without also talking about the family, because they two have, they cannot be separated from one another. Now, the author of this bizarre defense of fiducia supplicants is Pastor Tommy Reese of the Jesuit Church. He's a spiritual fellow traveler of the more famous Jesuit Protestant minister, Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church. Pastor Tommy begins his counterattack of those who defend the church's perennial teaching on such matters by reminding everyone that apparently the James Martin crowd had it pretty bad in America 
to about the 1970s, when people who had such inclinations tended to, well, hide them because society was, get this, <laughs> society at the time thought that the sins in question that cry out to heaven for justice were a bad thing and not something to be celebrated, or even in some places, even tolerated. People in that situation kept that stuff close to the chest. If they lived in accordance to their sins, they didn't go around advertising it to people. I know, what a strange thing to live in a society that at least had some semblance for the respect for the law of God and a basic fear of God, even if that society was already pretty gone, far gone down the moral slippery slope. By comparison today, though, the society that he is sort of dismissing from his childhood looks pretty good by comparison to where we are today. But Pastor Reese thinks it's all shameful and reminds us that many American bishops today grew up in that society and still have those values. I really wish that was true. <laughs> if only that were true, they, they, would, they had those values still because we've seen how they handle these sins. We've seen how they often are pushing the envelope of changing the church teaching in practice themselves. So if only they had those values themselves. But then Pastor Tommy hits us with this, quote, Since the declaration allowing such blessings was announced December 18th, he says 12th, but it's the 18th by the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith, Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez, who heads the Dicastery, has been forced to defend its orthodoxy. But he also gave bishops like the Africans room to disagree. Quote, Prudence and attention to ecclesial context and to the local culture could allow for different methods of application of the new blessing rule, he said. It would be progress if the church in Africa would oppose the making it not uh, socially and legally okay to engage in such activities. It is shameful that some bishops there in Africa publicly support laws against the James Martin crowd. But the blessings in question was a bridge too far in Africa. Monday morning quarterbacks will correctly argue that the Vatican should have anticipated the African response, consulted more widely, and done a better job of rolling out the document. Perhaps it would have been better to have issued it as a letter to the church in Germany, where blessings are already occurring with the approval of local bishops, rather than as a declaration to the whole church. But criticism of the new declaration, which is titled Fiducia Supplicans, is hardly limited to Africa. Even though the declaration clearly states that the blessing would be granted to the types in question, quote, without officially validating their status or changing in any way the church's perennial teaching on marriage, many Catholic conservatives in the West exploded in opposition to the document. The vitriolic response is shocking and against every traditional defense to papal authority and church unity that their hierarchy owes to the Pope. The last time that a large number of bishops publicly disagreed with the Pope was over the 1968 encyclical Humanae Vitae which forbid artificial barriers for being fruitful and multiplying. Many bishops and theologians disagreed with Pope Paul VI, but these bishops expressed their views respectfully, unlike the bishops disagreeing with Francis, and urged couples to read the encyclical and then follow their consciences. End quote. Yeah, that's a pretty dumb defense. Pastor Tommy is here comparing fiducia supplicants to Humanae Vitae. Let's remind ourselves of something about Humanae Vitae. While that document was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, as some theologians on moral questions will actually tell you when they do deep dives into the document, that document was possibly the best post-conciliar papal document for 40 years until Samorum Pontificum was issued. Humanae Vitae defended the faith. Fiducia supplicants undermined it. When Pastor Tommy tells you that most Catholic women chose to follow their conscience and still do on the Humanae Vitae question, they are rejecting the moral authority of the church to teach on such sensitive matters. 
keep that in mind, because according to him, those of us opposed to the evil blessings authorized now are, you guessed it, the cafeteria Catholics that we have denounced ourselves in the past. Yeah, like I said, this is a really stupid argument, but you're going to see this argument all over the place soon. I guarantee it. Back to the article. Quote, Most American couples follow their conscience rather than the Pope. Today, very few American Catholic women completely abstain from the use of the those prohibited in Humanae Vitae during their fertile years. These liberal Catholics were called cafeteria Catholics by their critics because they picked and chose which papal teachings they would follow. Nowadays, conservatives who prided themselves on their loyalties to Pope John Paul II and Benedict XVI and castigated progressives when they disagreed with the popes have become cafeteria Catholics, only worse. Not only do they pick and choose which of Francis's teachings to support, they criticize him loudly and disrespectfully. There's no indication that Jesus was as obsessed with people's this part of people's lives, as modern Christians seem to be. Some theologians blame this on St. Augustine, whose issues of the flesh influenced his theology. Others point to the influence of the Stoics on Christian moral theology. Still others blame the fact that the church is run by a celibate clergy. It should be remembered, however, that the church's teaching on matters of the flesh outside of the married state protected women who suffer from ex exploitation. The children of such unions also suffered. The only thing that could restrain men was their fear of eternal condemnation. Still less did Jesus concern himself with the James Martin sin, preaching instead about God's love and compassion cared for the sick and the hungry and told us to do the same. End quote. The audacity of that man, seriously. Now, Pastor Tommy goes on to imply that clerical celibacy is the problem and that the church should be focused on the care for our common home, as Francis calls it, and other issues outlined in Laudato Si. And even claims that because Jesus didn't talk explicitly about the James Martin sin, that he didn't really care about it and that he wasn't concerned with that sin and with those who live in accordance to that sin. Like I said, it's a stupid argument, but the only thing he left out was throwing St. Paul under the bus, because St. Paul is the one who, in the New Testament, rather explicitly rejects that sin. But his good friend, Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church, has publicly said St. Paul was wrong, meaning he, is, he himself has rejected the inerrancy of sacred scripture, which means that Pastor Jimmy Martin is a public heretic. When you deny the inerrancy of scripture and do so publicly, guess what? You've stepped into the, the realm of heresy. But like I said, Pastor Tommy's argument here is a stupid argument. And remember that this very basic axiom, we've all heard this before, sin darkens the intellect. Do you know what else is a sin? Heresy. Heresy is a sin. Heresy is in fact a mortal sin. When you reject the dogmas of the faith, it's a mortal sin. When you reject, when you reject the moral teachings of the church, it's a mortal sin. He knows that. Because he didn't take the tack here of defending fiducia supplicants on its orthodoxy by saying it didn't change what the church teaches. He spent a little time on that, but he didn't make that his focus. He made the actual rejection of Francis's push and his authority here his focus and focused on mercy. If he had focused instead on the tired claim that no, most people don't actually believe really that the document doesn't change the church's teaching on the matter at hand, that would have been a smarter defense for him. But that's clearly not what he's talking about. He's saying that church leadership has for many, many decades, maybe millennia, been too focused on things that Jesus didn't care about. That's his claim. And that because we reject the authority of the Pope, we are cafeteria Catholics. Says 
the Cafeteria Catholic. I'm curious, are you surprised by this? Let me know in the comments if any of this surprises you, coming from Pastor Tommy Reese of the Jesuit Church. I really do wish the uh, Jesuits would get their house in order. Uh, word is from uh, my own contacts within the, the Jesuits that the seminaries there are much more conservative than they've been in a very long time, and that the rectors of said seminaries are very concerned about the rigidity of the young, up-and-coming future Jesuits. Take that as your good news to end this video on. But let me know what you think about this story in general. Are you surprised by Pastor Tommy Reese and the way he took this? Are you surprised that we are cafeteria Catholics now, according to these people, because we want the same faith and the same moral teachings that the church has always taught, really, going back millennia? Let me know in the comments, please, and hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So to sharing this on social media, that helps enormously, too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.